Beckham. In the box, backside, Ladero. Ladero, the back of the net. Coming to you live from the Elliott Avenue studios of Sports Radio 950 KJR. This is Sounders Weekly with your host, Jackson Feltz. Good evening and welcome to Sounders Weekly. You're listening to the new home of the Seattle Sounders, Sports Radio 950 KJR. Every Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock here on 950 KJR, we bring you an hour of Sounders FC talk. I'm your host, Jackson Feltz. A big show here for you tonight. Going to theme it a little bit tonight towards the World Cup. Started last Thursday. A lot of exciting matches already. They're early matches. If you're waking up early at 5 or even 3 a.m. to watch some of these games, they've been very exciting. We've had a lot of upsets. So we're going to talk a lot about the World Cup today during the show. Also hit on everything going on with the Seattle Sounders, including the loss a little bit to New York last week. And now the team facing Chicago. Chicago Fire coming to town Saturday night at 7 p.m. at CenturyLink Field. Tickets obviously available. Uh, and I'm excited to tell you, Sounder fans, head to Elysian Fields to catch the Sounders FC pre-match show live before every home match, including this Saturday. Elysian Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Seattle. Seattle Sounders FC, Elysian Brewing and the Elysian Brewery, Elysian Fields down there right next to CenturyLink on the north side of the stadium. It's a great place to hang out and have a beer or two before the game. So we do our pre-match shows before every home game from there. Come say hi, check it out. Uh, It's a whole bunch of fun. Uh, All right, so tonight on the show... What we have, we have Pete Fewing. He's a Seattle University head soccer coach. We're going to talk about the Sounders facing New York, how much to read into that. Also look ahead to Chicago, get his take on the World Cup as well. The big portion of tonight's uh, show will not have Garth Lagerwey, general manager of the Sounders as usual. It will actually have, uh, it will actually have Bruce Arena, former U.S. men's national team head coach. We had a great chat last Friday. Wanted to play that today, uh, talking about how to grow Americans, grow soccer in America, and also the quality of American soccer, the U.S. men's national team. A great conversation. You'll hear that just at right about uh, 7.20 tonight. Uh, and then I got the chance to talk to Stephen Fry, or I will have a chance to talk to Stephen Fry here later in the show as well. So you'll hear that at about 7.40. All right, that's all coming up. Where I want to start tonight is our Hyatt at All of Eight monthly trivia feature. We do these once a month and a great chance for you guys to win prize. So today's trivia question is presented by the Hyatt at All of Eight, the official hotel partner of Seattle Sounders FC. The winner tonight will receive a complimentary one-night stay at the Hyatt at All of Eight. So if you have an anniversary coming up, I, my wife and I stayed at the Hyatt over in Bellevue for our one-year anniversary. It was a little staycation we had. Uh, Hyatt is fantastic. Uh, they served us well over in Bellevue. The Hyatt at All of Eight, also a fantastic establishment. So you get a complimentary one-night stay at Hyatt at All of Eight if you answer this question correctly. And you can call 206-286-9595-1800-829-095. I'll give them out again momentarily. But here is the question. What is the club record for most wins in a season? What is the club record for most wins in a season? And I'll even give you multiple choice here for those of you who need it. All right. So answer A, we'll put that at 18. Answer B, 19. Answer C, 20. And answer D, 21. So there you go. A, B, C, D. I'm going to make it easy for you guys, okay? So call up 206-286-9595-1800-829-0950. Those are the numbers to call and reach my producer, Nate. He's back there on the board, ready to take your phone calls and answer that question again. What is the club record, the Sounders FC record, for most wins in a season? So give him a call. 
and he will take your uh, take the answers there and find that out. Uh, as he also gets ready to throw Pete Fewing here on hold, we'll have him on the show here momentarily. Looks like Pete is ready. Pete, Pete Fewing joining me, Seattle University head soccer coach. Pete, how you doing this evening? Josh, and I'm doing great, buddy. I am thoroughly enjoying this World Cup. So uh, it is fun to see all these games and follow these countries. So I'm doing great. Good. It's good to hear, Pete. Well, let's dive right into the World Cup before I get your take on the Sounders. I mean, if I if I told you last, <laughs> at this time last week that we would be finished with six days of playing and Germany, Brazil, and Argentina, none. Let's and let's, frankly, let's throw Spain and Portugal in there too. None of those sure. five would have three points. How shocked would you be? Yeah, I'd be shocked. I, I, it's amazing. <laughs> I think that's what it is. I think uh, with not having the U.S. in this, I'm realizing that I'm kind of taking the whole tournament in. And when the world rankings one through six, and only Belgium is the team with three points, that's <laughs> yeah. uh, rather surprising. So, and that's what happens in a World Cup. I mean, just there's things happen, and teams come out hot. Mexico beating Germany was fantastic, yeah. and and uh, the Spain Portugal game, uh, in, incredible. So Argentina. The drama of Messi missing a penalty kick. Yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah, I would be shocked if, if you had told me that. Those those top six teams only won three-pointer. Yeah, it should be an exciting tournament to come with all the parity we're still seeing. Pete, do you root yeah. for, with the United States out, are you rooting for any specific team? Or you have, have you adopted anybody? I know I had Andrew Harvey on the show last week. He's adopted Iceland. I've adopted Argentina as I have the last few World Cups. Do you adopt anybody? Well, here's the deal. My mom is from Manchester, England. Uh, my dad, my mom was born there. My dad was born in Bath. I'm the only U.S. citizen in my family, uh, or the only one born in the U.S. I have a really cool England jacket, um, so nice. Kane is keeping us uh, afloat, luckily enough. Uh, and I should be way more passionate about England, but, um, man, I, I, I kind of am enjoying the whole thing. So nice. I, I'm enjoying Iceland, and uh, Belgium is a lot of fun to watch. So I should be more fired up for England. I should be heading to the Market <laughs> Arms or uh, the Georgian Dragon. It's and just the history. The history. Yeah, I'm kind of letting my country down. <laughs> Well, as a, as a Tottenham Hotspur fan, yeah, as a Tottenham Hotspur fan as well, in the Premier League, uh, seeing Harry Kane uh, do his magic uh, there, especially in that first match, was especially yeah. nice. Uh, Pete, I'll uh, tell you, he yeah, he saved ahead. him, didn't he? That second uh, yes. goal, he saved him, and they kind of they started out, you know, and just going and going and they and creating chances, and then you could feel the nervousness of not putting one away, and uh, and then all of a sudden Tunisia starts to feel like hey, we're in this. We've weathered five minutes. We've weathered 10 minutes. We've gotten 15 minutes. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a uh, nervy game for England, and thank God for Harry Kane smashing that header in. Yeah, some dramatic results so far in the World Cup. Hey, I want to uh, mention again to all of our listeners, it's the Hyatt at All of Eight monthly trivia feature. You can earn a complimentary one-night stay at the Hyatt at All of Eight. All you got to do is call up Nate, 206-286-9595-1-800-829-0950. The question is very simple. What is the club record, what's the Sounders FC record for most wins in a season? I even gave you guys options, A, B, C, D. We have 18, 19, 20, or 21. Just give Nate a call and give your best guess. See if you can earn a free night at Hyatt at Olivet. Pete, getting back to the interview here from the World Cup, let's uh, switch gears a little bit. We don't got too much time. And go to the Seattle Sounders here. Uh, you were on the call there for the loss in New York last week. It's a good team and a tough place to play, the New York Red Bulls. 
a, this rejuvenated attack was enough to score and get on the board with one, but still losing two to one. Any cause for concern with this team, or is it just a loss against a really good club on the road? Well, let me give you one stat. Since the Red Bulls have gone to that stadium, they have 89 wins. That's more wins than anyone at home since 2010. Having said that, that's fine. And if Ryan Schmetzer's sharing this, he goes, he doesn't care. Players don't care. So it, it was a tough night. They, they had a real tough time getting in behind the defense or finding little seams. Uh, Will Bruin, God bless him, he ran his guts out by the end of it. Uh, he's got that plantar fasciitis, and I, I think I walked out of the stadium with him, and he's limping, and he's such a warrior, you know, and, and Clint couldn't find spaces. He did have one from the right side edge of the box, but uh, they they really uh, – Harry Ship's goal was great. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit late. There was uh, not much time left on the clock. But, yeah, I think that, you know, 10 days is good. They need it right now just to regroup and, and to get back on track. It's a very tough place to play. I was really imp- impressed with the Red Bulls. They've got a lot of talent. Um, the two goals they scored were fantastic. So, uh, But Seattle's, Seattle's down, and they, they've got – They've got to find it within themselves, players, coaches, um, to find a way to gut that out. If they had come away with a, a 2-2 tie, that would have been oh, a fantastic great. result. So, yeah. yeah. To get, to get Let me give you an idea road. how I felt. After the game, Matt Johnson goes down to do interviews. I don't have any responsibilities after the game. I went down where the locker rooms are, and I, I really like these guys and their coaches. Mm-hmm. I ended up going and sitting in Jesse Marsh's press conference because – I just don't want to see him suffer like you're suffering, to be honest with you. So, yeah, yeah it's it was tough. Yeah. It was a tough one. It was very quiet in the hotel afterwards. Pete, now the attention. Pete Fewing, my guest here on Sounders Weekly, uh, Seattle University head soccer coach. Pete, looking at the attack, puts out a goal, of course, by Harry Ship, and, and Harry Ship, frankly, is on fire right now. He has a goal in the Open Cup, and then he has a goal here in this competition. Uh, Pete, is this attack where it needs to be right now, and what do you need to see from them on Saturday against Chicago in order to feel comfortable that they'll be all right going forward because it's a rejuvenated attack that got Nico Ladero back, Victor Rodriguez back, but where is it and where do you need to see it this week? Yeah, so to answer your question, no, I don't think I or anyone else feels like that's watching the Sounders day in and day out that the attack's where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, some simple things, getting to that near post with conviction, being the first to the ball, getting service from the flanks uh, wide that gets to the near post or the cutback. The cutback is such a great ball when it's cut back from the end line. If Clint Dempsey, that's the space he likes. If near, if Will Bruin goes to the near post and Clint can be 12 yards out, uh, we saw a goal just like that today in the World Cup. Uh, if we can get that kind of service from the wings. And then here, uh, I think teams have got their scouting report on the Sounders. They pack the box, they get the numbers behind the ball, and then they don't leave any seams for Seattle to get in behind. Will Bruin's not going to sprint in behind someone. Um, uh, Clint Dempsey's not going to do that as well. Can they get balls in, just slipped in behind that they can run onto? Uh, can they get a ball into Will Bruin's feet that he can lay off, you know, chest even, that he can lay off for Clint Dempsey for a shot? So the combination player on the edge of the box is struggling. Balls being played in, in from the seams are struggling a little bit, and then balls getting to the near post and runners getting to the near post. And Will Bruin, his first year with Seattle, got to that near post a lot. He likes getting to the near post. Uh, it might be a foot issue thing where he, that's a, a hard run, um, and he's gimping around the field doing the best he can. But, um, uh, yeah, those are the areas that I, I would like to see um, restarts. Uh, it's always great if you can get a, a obviously, as I said, goal a game. That might be a bit unrealistic, but if you got a goal every other game on a restart, 
you are going to have a fantastic season with a lot of wins. We'll see the progress they make. Again, Chicago Fire coming to town this Saturday, 7 p.m. kickoff at CenturyLink Field. Uh, we'll see what happens for the Sounder game for that uh, and watch that closely. Uh, Pete, I want to shift gears here for the last couple minutes we have. Uh, and by the way, on that height at All of Eight Monthly Trivia feature, uh, sorry, I didn't say the winner before, Brandon Judy. Congrats to Brandon Judy. He gets the complimentary one-night stay at the height at All of Eight. Go enjoy that. Brandon. So, Pete, uh, you know about this, and I wanted to talk about talk to it about our listeners. It's an event called Kick and Can at CenturyLink Field. Coming up next Thursday, Sports Radio KJR uh, is pairing with Strong Against Cancer as part of our KJR Cares-a-thon to benefit Seattle Children's Hospital. Hospital. So on Thursday, June 28th, from 3 p.m. to 4.30, prior to the Stadium Cup Finals at CenturyLink Field, we are going to have a KJR hosts and staff and personality soccer match against listeners. Uh, listeners, you can purchase your chick- your tickets to play on SportsRadioKJR.com. SportsRadioKJR.com slash cancer, I should say. Uh, $400 will get you a roster spot to play in this KGR staff versus listener match. Uh, it w- and you get to play on CenturyLink Field, the same field where the se- Sounders play. You get a custom kicking cancer at CenturyLink Field t-shirt. You get two sweet tickets to a Sounders FC soccer match upcoming. And you also get one Sounders FC scarf. We got, we got a great roster building for our KJR team including Pete, Wade Weber, and Danny Jackson, our coworkers here on the Sounder broadcast. So, Pete, uh, I'm going to ask you, we, we, we're, we're, short, we're short on time here, but I really quickly want to ask you, so in 40 minutes of soccer, how many goals between Danny Jackson and Wade Weber? See, now, remember, well, remember, meanwhile, that they're the only two athletic people on pretty much our entire roster. Well, they're center backs, uh, and, know, and we're but, placed as center backs for a reason. So, but they're the only uh, athletic people on this on this entire team. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd put them in the box for every restart. Okay. Every okay. restart, I put them in the box, and uh, they are quite efficient there. You might put Danny at the edge of the box. He's okay. got a sweet left foot, uh, so that's not a bad idea uh, there. And, and Wade, I would love to see uh, Wade go go uh, Carlos Alberto and just do the village and run all the way through with the ball. I will challenge Wade. Actually, I'll challenge both of them to do that but my suggestion if you're playing against those two once they cross the line uh wade specifically snaps and turns into a different human being uh and he will he was called a hard man for a reason um and so just be careful um that four hundred dollars that you're giving away is not refundable for medical expenses (laughs) it's not so once again you get your tickets sportsradiokjr.com slash cancer pete thanks for the great analysis world cup sounders and this event appreciate you joining me tonight my pleasure. My pleasure, Jackson. It'll be fun to see you at the weekend. I'm looking forward to Sounders getting back on the field. It will. Thanks to Pete Fewing, Seattle University head soccer coach. All right, going to get to the interview with Bruce Arena, former U.S. men's national team coach. That's coming up next on Sounders Weekly on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Now back to Sounders Weekly on your home for Sounders FC, Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Welcome back to Sounders Weekly. You're listening to the new home of the Seattle Sounders, Sports Radio 950 KJR. Thanks again to Pete Fewing for joining me there, talking about the World Cup and also the Sounders looking a little bit back to New York and now ahead to Chicago. Season continuing for Seattle this Saturday. CenturyLink Field against the Chicago Fire. Now we turn our attention back to the World Cup and United States soccer. Last Friday, I had a chance to sit down and talk with Bruce Arena, former U.S. Men's National Team head coach, former coach of the LA Galaxy, rivals of the Seattle Sounders there from 2008 through 2016. He coached the Galaxy. He wrote a new book that is called What's Wrong With Us? It's a take on what's wrong with American soccer and how to fix it. 
really in-depth book that Bruce now has out. We talked about the book. We talked about how to fix American soccer, where he sees this sport in this country going in another 20 years. He also gives a take on the Seattle Sounders season so far. A great chat Bruce and I had last Friday. Wanted you to hear that right now, right here on Sounders Weekly. Well, thank you for having me part of your show. So, Bruce, I want to get to your new book, What's Wrong With Us? A Coach's Blunt Take on the State of American Soccer After a Lifetime on the Touchline, here momentarily. But as I was doing research ahead of this interview, I did notice on the background that you played with the Tacoma Tides and managed at the University of Puget Sound. And did I see correctly, both at the exact same time? Well, I after my season with the Tacoma Tides, I started coaching at UPS, and okay. then... You might have missed it. I think I mentioned in the book, I tried out with the Seattle Sounders as well. And that was in probably 1975 or so, 76. So what are your memories about being up here in the Northwest? Give me one of your best stories. From- I, I love the... I love the Northwest, and my uh, my is my first experience with salmon. I love salmon, <laughs> and uh, it, it, to this day now I eat it. This first, my first experience there was in in the Northwest, and I thought it was absolutely fantastic. The only thing I didn't like in the Northwest was the rain, but the people were absolutely great. The sport is so well supported up there. Uh, you know, I, I really I really love the Northwest, and I had a lot of fun with. Uh, the various competitions we had over the years with the Seattle Sounders uh, when I was at the LA Galaxy. Just a lot of fun. Yeah, many years uh, Bruce Arena coached the LA Galaxy, 2008 through 2016. A long career there and a, and a great rivalry with the Seattle Sounders uh, that you built, Bruce. Uh, let's get to your new book, What's Wrong with the U.S.? This is a book that I just received yesterday. I can't wait to dig into it this weekend and read it, Bruce. So let me just start with the simple and obvious question. That's the title. What is wrong with us? What is wrong with U.S. American soccer right now? Well, basically, w- w- what I went to... In the last four chapters, uh, was simply some suggestions I have uh, to help move the game forward. You know, I, I've been involved in the game for 40 years, and uh, when we had that tough defeat in October in Trinidad, it gave me a little time to reflect. This book was originally going to be about uh, coaching the U.S. team in the World Cup that we got through qualifying, and now we're preparing and going to the World Cup. And then that obviously got short-ended with the uh, defeat in Trinidad. And I got to reflect a little bit and and decided to write a little bit uh, in this book on some obvious things I think need to get taken care of in both Major League Soccer and U.S. Soccer. And I made suggestions, and, 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 and I think it's critically important that we get back to the business of developing our young players and that our domestic league supports our domestic players as well. We need more Americans on the field if we hope to have a strong national team program. So I talk about that in the book and make some suggestions. So before I, and I have a lot of follows, but before I get to those, folks can buy the book online, find it at their local Barnes & Noble or other bookstore. Am I missing anywhere else specifically that people can get this book? Uh, on Amazon. Amazon. Like like yeah. you can with most books, and it, it should be everywhere. The book, you know, most of the bookstores should have the book. Yeah, it looks comprehensive. Definitely a must buy for all American soccer fans. And you talk about growing the game there, and that's where I want to start. You know, this is a sport, Bruce, that the, and the MLS is a league where in this country it's still really kind of fighting to be part of what the average American sports fan, maybe not even the soccer fan, would call the Big Four with basketball and baseball. It's getting closer and closer and closer. But as someone who has been at the forefront of American soccer for more than a couple decades, Bruce, and seeing where it was 20 years ago compared to now, 
where do you think th- this sport will be in this country in another 20 years? MLS may never be at the level of the NFL, of course, but what's the realistic measure for where the popularity and where this sport will be in another couple decades if they follow what you think that they need to follow? Well, first of all, I think the league in 22-some-odd years has made tremendous progress. Right. It's been incredible. The league is here to stay. If if we look, if we're fortunate to be around in another 22 years, I, I think we're going to have one of the pr- premier leagues in the world. And the biggest example I use and, and is the fact we need to be a little patient. I, I know as a youngster growing up in New York, uh, I'd follow the New York Giants in football, the New York Knicks in basketball, the Rangers in hockey, and the Yankees in baseball. At that time, in the, in the 60s and in the 70s, uh, those leagues were in existence for probably 40, 50 years. Games were blacked out on television, and you could walk up and buy a ticket on game day with no problem. Think about where MLS is today. The progress is tremendous. Those leagues went nowhere like where MLS is today after 22 years. So the league is doing great. As the league continues to have success, I think obviously the 2026 World Cup will give us a major shot in the arm, and it'll help continue to grow the league. And as the league continues to grow, gets more sponsorships, better television ratings, that means there's going to be greater revenue. And, and greater revenue means that we can start competing to bring in the be- best players in the world. And also, we can start really developing our young players, right. continue to put resources into the academy programs, fight off foreign clubs from signing our best young players, and just move the whole product forward. And that's kind of right where I wanted to go, which is this starts really from the bottom up, right? It doesn't start by simply asking the question of, well, who's the next U.S. men's team national coach? It starts with how do you work those lower levels to kids who are, you know, 10 years old and wondering, should I go play baseball? Should I go play football? Or should I go play soccer? Making it not only easier for them to play the game at a young age, but also enticing them and showing them, listen, the U.S. game is at such a level where it's going to be worth your while to go make yourself a great player in, right here, the Seattle Sounders or wherever it is, in an academy here in the United States. Right, I would definitely agree with that. And, and if I'm a youngster growing up in Seattle, I, I would I would have to think that there are great opportunities in professional soccer because you, you see the number of young players that are making it uh, through the academy program in Seattle, the excitement in game day, in your stadium, the success of your franchise, I think that motivates young kids. Those things didn't exist 25 years ago. So we have that in place. If it keeps growing, I think it's going to allow us to continue to maintain uh, the recruitment of players in our sport and keep them in the sport. Do you see a certain jump that American soccer is about to take, not only with the World Cup, but also in the sense of, and I've looked at this as as somebody who's 26 years old and has looked at the way, especially in this city, but I guess nationally as well, it's developed and there is an jolted interest in soccer, I think with my generation, where we, we grew up with the MLS just being kind of a normal thing. And there is a next generation that will not only grow up with the MLS being a normal thing, but will grow up with it being at a higher level than it was when I grew up in in the mid-90s and late 90s and early 2000s as well. Do you see a sort of jump coming with the quality of American soccer? You look at the lineup that the U.S. just put out against France. I mean, these are a lot of young 
young players that look like that they are going to have a long career at the U.S., and it feels like something's coming here, Bruce. Well, I don't want to be critical, but I wouldn't use that game as a, a, a as, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Highlight of, of where we are. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, eight out of ten times you lose a game like that. Uh, the quality of play was not great on our part. However, I think the commitment commitment was excellent. Uh, the fact that we have enough experienced players now at those ages where they can take a game plan and execute it. Uh, you know, we, we worked real hard, we defended with great numbers and got a result. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I see tremendous growth with our young players. They're better than ever before. Right. We have more good young players. Now we have to create the right environment to move them forward. You know, you can defend if you're athletic enough, you're intelligent enough, you can defend. Can you play any other half of the field? That's where we're a little bit short. So we have got to continue to uh, develop our players and give them opportunities to play. Uh, We have not done that well enough to date. And if we do, some of these kids are going to emerge, and we're going to have more players like Christian Pulisic. Absolutely. Bruce Arena is my guest, former U.S. Men's National Team head coach, former L.A. Galaxy head coach. For those Sounder fans listening who know the name and know the voice, Bruce, let's jump back to Trinidad and Tobago. You mentioned that a little bit ago. And just the unfortunate situation that came out of it. Looking back, is there anything that you would have done differently, either on the field or off the field, in and before that match, and then with the others two in that fifth round of World Cup qualifiers? Well, let me tell you this, that uh, everyone the day after the game is an expert. Mm-hmm. Everyone is the is is the greatest uh, uh, point person to explain what went wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, we we started the team that four days before that one four zero against Panama in in a critical World Cup qualifying game. You know, in the sport of soccer, as as much as possible, you try to maintain continuity continuity with your starting lineup. It seemed to me that we got such a great result against Panama and that all the players checked out that they were physically right. We utilized our medical staff, our sports scientists, sports psychologists, doctors. Everyone checked out. We talked to all players. My thinking is if you're going to play in a game like this, uh, if there's any issues with you physically, you're going to overcome it because that's the game we want to be in. So all those players that started wanted to play. And uh, we felt that the way they played against Panama, it made a lot of sense. When you look back, you could simply say, no, those decisions were wrong. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. If I had started four new players, five new players, and we lost the game, what would the criticism be? Why would you start those four or five players? So the the day after, I don't want to hear anyone's opinion. (laughs) Uh, during the qualifying, uh, we had our ups and downs. We started in 2017. We had zero points after two games. So we were behind the eight ball. We knew we had no margin for error. We had a minus five goal differential. So when we started the campaign in 2017 with the game against Honduras in March, we knew we not only had, we had to win that day. If we lost that day, we were out of World Cup qualifying already. We got a great result, won by six goals, and we're plus one in goal differential. So through the campaign, uh, when we went to Trinidad, we were actually plus five in the goal differential. We positioned ourselves that we would win any tiebreaker. 
so that was a real positive. We only needed one point. And as we all know, we failed. In 2017, going into the Trinidad game, we had a record of 10 wins, one loss, and six draws. We won the Gold Cup. We positioned ourselves to qualify for the World Cup. We did a lot of things right. Was it perfect? No, it, it never is perfect. But uh, we dealt with a lot of issues. We had a lot of players miss games. Jordan Morris is one of them, for example. And uh, it wasn't easy, but the guys gave a great effort. Uh, to this day, I would tell you that uh, it's, it's one of the greater, greatest group of players I've ever worked with, despite the criticism you hear out, out there that they weren't committed. That's all a bunch of garbage. They were an outstanding group of guys. We did lose on the last day. There's no excuses. We can't run away from it. Uh, we put our hands up and accept the responsibility, and it's unfortunate. So now we've got to take the experiences in that cycle, those four years, and think about it and and what can we do better. And as we look forward, one thing that's obvious, we we have got to get more players Mm -hmm. and, and better players of high quality. Most of our players play in our domestic league. Therefore, we need a better plan to move our young players along in our domestic league. So that's one of the challenges ahead. And... Again, to go back to your question, would you have done anything differently? You know, I'd say not really. However, of, of course, you can always do other things differently. Right. But that's in the aftermath, <laughs> and and, and uh, unfortunately, we we can't get that back. You mentioned Jordan Morris there, Seattle Sounder. Bruce, I have to ask right before you go. I know we're tight on time here. Seattle Sounders here this season. Jordan Morris's injury, big factor there in the slow start they have had. What do you make of the Seattle season so far? Helps reportedly coming here with, as Garth Lagerway has talked about, designated player, TAM players, when you can bring them in. What do you make of Seattle season so far, and where do you think they're going? Well, to date, they've obviously had a tough season. Uh you know, I know they've had a lot of injuries. Um, you know, I, as I look at their team, I think Fry has played well throughout the year. I think uh, Chad Marshall has. I think Roldan has. Uh, Got to get a little bit more out of Clint. The the injury to Jordan is, is a killer. Uh, they've traditionally had a, a great home field advantage. And in the second half of the season, uh, you know, your fans are going to be equally as important as the players. So they can get some results and get back into this thing. Obviously, the goal now is to finish uh, fifth to sixth. It's highly unlikely they're going to finish much higher than that, but they're capable of doing it. You have some good players. You know, Ladero is still a very good player in the league. So it hasn't gone well for whatever reason. They've been a little bit unlucky. I, I was at that game uh, against LAFC in Los Angeles, and on the day, oh, yeah. uh, they could have won that game. You know, so it's been a, it's been a tough year like that, and uh, uh, the, the the positive is there's still enough games ahead. I don't know how many games they played about 14 to date, perhaps. Yeah. So they you know they they still have, uh, I guess 20 games left, so they can turn things around. Uh, you know, Brian Schmetz uh, is a good coach, and hopefully they'll continue to work with the group. Uh, it's important after this break they get back on the field and they win. Bruce, I could talk to you for another 20 minutes. I know you got to go. Bruce Arena, former U.S. Men's National Team LA Galaxy coach, 
He is the author of the new book, What's Wrong With Us? You can buy it on Amazon. Basically, how to fix American soccer. He gives some thoughts there in the last four chapters. Some really good content there. Great talking to you, Bruce. I love this subject of how to grow the American game. So thanks for joining me today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Great stuff there from former U.S. Men's National Team head coach and former L.A. Galaxy head coach Bruce Arena. Such an intelligent soccer mind. Just a really good insight from him on the state of U.S. soccer, where it's going, and also on the Seattle Sounders there at the end. And speaking of the Seattle Sounders, we now turn our attention back to them. Stefan Fry, goalkeeper for your Seattle Sounders. He joins me next. You're listening to the new home of the Seattle Sounders, Sports Radio 950. Now back to Sounders Weekly on your home for Sounders FC, Seattle's Sports Radio 950 KJR. Welcome back to Sounders Weekly. You're listening to the new home of the Seattle Sounders, Sports Radio 950 KJR. One segment left here on the show tonight, and joining me for it, there's no better guest to join me for the last segment, Stephen Fry, goalkeeper for your Seattle Sounders. Steph, thanks for joining me here tonight. My pleasure, Jackson. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being on, Steph. Before we get to the Seattle Sounders, we've kind of had a little bit of a thematic show here tonight, focusing on the World Cup with it starting this last week and an exciting weekend uh-huh. of soccer. How much did you watch this last weekend? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I didn't get up at 3 or 5 in the morning, but, <laughs> uh, but, but, but I, I tried to watch as much as I could at uh, you know, the, the 11 o'clock games, most of those, and the earlier ones as well, eight. so... Uh, uh, it's been a good World Cup so far. I've, I've enjoyed it. I think the, there's been some good games, you know, some some upsets, some uh, some uh, some nice goals, some some good uh, good saves. So it's been a rather entertaining game or uh, tournament, I think. Yeah, you mentioned some upsets there. How shocking is it to see Brazil, Germany, and Argentina? I guess and you include Spain and Portugal in there. Some of the favorites to win this thing, and none of them get three points here in the opening weekend. Um, I I, I think that. I, honestly, I was kind of expecting that. Hmm. Um, I think in these big tournaments, uh, you tend to see the big, the big teams, the ones that everybody expects to do well. They kind of ease into the tournaments, and for the most part, their their first games, they they're they're not a hundred percent foot on the pedal. Whether that uh, whether it's complacency or whether it's just I don't know what it is, but uh, um, I think if you're looking at a Mexico or a Sweden, a Mexico. Uh, Facing Germany in the first game has a clear advantage over Sweden, you yeah. know, uh, because because exactly of that factor that you know Germany's not right there yet, pressure's not full yawn. They feel like they don't have to open themselves up yet, and uh, and there is a result for Mexico to be had. Now, uh, you know, uh, Sweden on the other hand is going to be very very difficult, right? It's do or die, and uh, and uh, you know if you have quality in squads like Germany or uh, or, or Spain or Brazil. Um, you know, when the pressure is going to be on and, and uh, the game is really going to come down to the wire, I think that skill is going to come through, you know. Um, so uh, I remember a few years back, I think uh, Switzerland won the opening match against Spain and Spain ended up winning the whole tournament. Um, for the most part, uh, it's maybe a bit of nerves and a little bit of uh, not wanting to open yourselves up and it leads to a bit of a that easy back and forth where maybe a team can sneak in a, a, a goal and get a point or get three points. So, uh but like I said, so far, really good games and have been excited to watch the tournament. Yeah, and you mentioned Switzerland there, the uh, getting the result against Brazil. That has to be nice to see as well and an impressive showing from them to shut down Neymar for the most part and get a point out of that match as well. Yeah, I think they've been, uh, you know, uh, criticized for uh, for their good FIFA ranking and their standing. Uh, a lot of, lot of uh, people are, are wondering where that's coming from, but I think they've, they've shown throughout the, their, their last... Uh, Big games, uh, this one including that that they're a good side. You know, they uh, 
they uh, they had a good game plan, I thought. Um, you know, against the Brazil, you, you don't want to uh, give them the room, uh, space, and time to to create and pick you apart. Uh, they're obviously a very, very skillful team. So um, I think uh, Switzerland wanted to be physical, wanted to be aggressive, um, and, and maybe take advantage of a height difference. Uh, I, I know and they, they, they scored in the set piece. Yeah, maybe there was a push there or not. But uh, um, they seemed like they had a game plan, and they executed it quite well. Steph, I just had former U.S. men's team coach Bruce Arena on, and we spoke about the quality of American soccer and getting better. As somebody who now, you got your citizenship last year, I want to say it was. It wasn't the year before. It was last year. Correct, and, yeah. yeah. So what's your thoughts on the state of U.S. soccer? And it's a shame that this team didn't make the World Cup, but at the same time, it's a thing where, okay, well, it's coming here, and you have talented guys that are still coming through, and you have a young squad you saw versus France. What do you make of American soccer right now, and where are you think it's going and just the players and the quality that it currently has well, i think it's going in the right place you know um, it, it, uh, i think the, the national team is a bit of a, a transition phase right now mm-hmm. where you know uh, obviously it didn't make the world cup but um it allows for uh, for the coaching staff to maybe give some younger guys a, a chance and then really figure out uh, um the situation for the long haul and, uh, and i think we've seen some very very promising uh, parts um have some really big games, um, some players that have kind of stepped up and, and seized the opportunity. So that's been really good. But on uh, an overall um, standpoint for the game in this country, I think it's just going to take a few generations, you know, and not, not just mm-hmm. in terms of uh, uh, turning out good players, but, but just, just just to grow that passion and that love just a tiny bit more. I mean, uh, I think that the, 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 the MLS has been growing uh, year after year, and it's fantastic. But uh, we're, I think we're a very physical league, and we're trying to be tactically sound and technically sound. But if you compare us to other leagues, we're just not quite there yet. And I think that comes obviously with good, with good coaching and with, with uh, for me, I think, players that, that, that grow up watching the game. I remember racing my bike home in Switzerland after training uh, so I could catch the Bayern Munich game with my family. And my brother and my mom and my dad uh, – we would dissect every single play on, on, on that we saw on TV, and, and not just oh, well, look at the, this beautiful game, or you know, just kind of casually watch it, but actively try to to discuss situations and and, and figure out uh, figure out plays and why they work and why they don't work, and that's 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 building a tactical awareness at a very very early age. And uh, like I said, I think it's going to take a couple generations of uh, of uh, people really loving the game, and then taking their kids to it and watching the game and starting to understanding the game really well and, and, and analyzing it and, and really building that soccer IQ from an early age. Lots of great thoughts there. Steph, I'm wondering, we're obviously a weekend into the World Cup. Do you have uh, any predictions of who's going to go all the way here this year? Uh, I mean, you know, people. some people are nervous, you know, that had Germany going far and they're now, oh, what's going to happen? Uh, I, I don't think there's anything to worry about. Germany's way too strong. I had Germany winning the whole thing again. I mean, sometimes a little bit of adversity in the early stages is, is a good thing. Uh, you know, it, it really makes you uh, um, stick together and, and kind of uh, maybe when you when you do find your way out of this, uh, and uh, do you want to call it a hole, but out of this adversity, then, then you can look back on that, you know, uh, when, uh, when, when there's really tough moments that late, later on and uh, later down the stretch uh, of the tournament. Um, and 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 you know that you're a really tight group. Uh, that's very very important. So I'm with the big big teams like Brazil, um, like you know uh, Spain and and Germany. People that are starting to be worried. I would say relax. Just let, let's watch the second game first. Um, 
but uh, you know, it's really nice to see uh, Russia. Obviously, host countries tend to do somewhat well, but um, yeah, they, they've been they've been on fire. So it's going to be interesting to see. I'm, I'm always looking for those little underdog stories. Yeah. Uh, those those are for me. Those are the really really interesting ones. Is there someone who can not just upset a big big squad in the first round or in the first uh, first game, but in the second game, the third game, and then obviously once we get out of the group, um, can we have an underdog who is really riding it and, and feeling good and and then maybe uh, potentially not uh, an upset against one of the big teams. Uh, I'm I'm just kind of enjoying it as a, as a fan of the game, and I can't wait to see more. You talking about underdogs, Iceland especially. Stefan Fry, my guest here on Sounders Weekly. Steph, let's switch directions here from the World Cup back to the Seattle Sounders. You talked about fighting through adversity. That's something the Sounders doing now as we enter kind of the middle part of this season as we kind of go through mm-hmm. it now in June. Steph, I want to first ask you this on the Sounders aspect. Kim Kihi there in the back line has had some really, really good performances of late. What have you seen from him in that back four? And how's the communication going with a Korean guy? Brian Smith has joked that they use Google Translator. How's the communication with him in that soccer language building him into that back line through his good performances? Oh, it's been good. I mean, I think it, 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 we've, we've seen it uh, from the very first moment that he stepped on the practice field that he's, uh, he's a good player. Um, he's, he's very, very agile, very mobile for a center back uh, of his size. He reads the game quite well. His soccer IQ is there. So he's a good player, very, very good addition for us, and, and uh, I think uh, it was no surprise to me, at least, that uh, he was going to have good uh, performances, you know, uh, in terms of um, uh, organization or communication. Uh, um, you know, there's there's the basic terms he understands. Sometimes we're a little bit unfortunate that uh, that Kim is somewhat close to keep the, the word keeper. Um, so we've had we've had a, a couple of miscommunications here and there where he thought I was shouting Kim instead of keeper, but. Um, that's all. That's all. Just trying to grow and gel together. So uh, um, no, he, he's learning. His English is actually quite good. Um, definitely the the, the 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 basics that he has with the English language, and, and obviously the understanding of the game that he has, uh, the the speaking the the language of soccer. Um, all that combined is just making it quite easy for for us to communicate on the pitch. Nice. How helpful has it been to have Ozzy Alonso back there in the formation and in the starting lineup to have another leader out there? You obviously very communicative, yelling at guys from that position. How nice has it been to have Ozzy out there as another leader on the pitch to be yelling at guys? Oh, it's massive. I mean, it's uh, it's very very important for us to have him on the field and, and have him on the field consistently. You know, he's he's a big big part of this uh, of this squad, and uh, I think he's uh, you know people call him El Corazon, and it's, there's a reason for it. You know, he. He plays with heart. That's the only way he can play, um, and, uh, and and that that can be infectious. You know, that can be that can rub off on players when you see him chasing down down people and not giving up. Uh, when you think you're tired, uh, if you see that, then you'll find another you'll find another gear. Um, so that's very very important. But again, uh, like I said, we, we need to make sure that he is he can stay healthy, that we can have him on the pitch because uh, obviously that to have uh, to have someone of his uh, quality. Um, not being able to be on the pitch, uh, um, that, that, that is painful for us, right? We, we need to have him on, on the squad, on the field, so he can actively um, help us uh, get out of this hole because he's a, is a vital, vital part of this team. Last thing here for you, Steph, and Stephen Fry, goalkeeper for your Seattle Sounders, joining me here on Sounders Weekly. Steph, Chicago Fire coming to town this weekend, Saturday, 7 p.m. kickoff at CenturyLink Field. Pre-game will start at 6.30 here on 950 KJR. Chicago Fire bringing Nikolic, bringing the big name Bastian Schweinsteiger. What are you focusing on, and what kind of a system does Chicago play that has uh, you focused on here for this weekend's match? 
Well, I mean, uh, you know, we're gonna we're obviously looking at the at their uh, at their strengths, their weaknesses. Uh, we know that they have some skill. Some people who can uh, who can play the passes. Schwein Stryker, you know, maybe he's not as mobile anymore, but his vision and his soccer IQ is there. So uh, his touch is there. We have to be very very sharp and careful. He's gonna he, he's more than capable of pinging balls. Um, and then they have guys who are very opp- opportunistic up top. So. Uh, um, I think they, they 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 take their chances, you know, whether it's a, a small chance or or a, a sure chance, um, they go for it and and they see kind of you know we'll see what happens. I'll take the shot and uh, and go for it. So uh, we have to make sure we're on our A game. But uh, first and foremost, you know, we're we're at home, so uh, we have to worry about ourselves. We have to dictate the pace of the game. We have to uh, uh, show them how this game is going to go and then have them chase us around. Uh, we can't be. Uh, focusing too much on them, we want to be aware of them. We want to be aware of their strengths and weaknesses, but we want we want them to be aware of uh, of how this game is going to be played uh, based on how we're we're moving and what we're doing and what we're dictating. Well, it'll be exciting to watch. 7 p.m. Chicago Fire, Seattle Sounders at CenturyLink Field. Stefan Fry, goalkeeper for the Sounders. Appreciate you joining me here tonight, Steph, and uh, good luck on Saturday. We'll see you out there at the stadium. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Great stuff there from Stefan Fry, goalkeeper for your Sounders. Awesome to have him on the show. I know last time we had to rapid-fire questions at the end, talked about his baking and stuff. I wanted to get to that. We're just a little bit short on time here tonight on Sounders Weekly, so unfortunately, no time for that. But great to hear his thoughts on the World Cup and also on the state of U.S. soccer. You know, he's now an American citizen, and I think I would echo a lot of people's and a lot of Sounder fans' thoughts that eventually he deserves to have a spot on the national team. He obviously has the quality. He's one of the best keepers in MLS and it's only a matter of time before he gets his chance with the US team because he is of that quality we all remember what he did in MLS Cup last year the year before he is deserving to have a spot with the national team just a matter of when and Stefan Fry getting his chance and we'll see who the US hires as their next manager that may have a big bearing on whether Stefan Fry gets that chance or not in the short term or the long term so thanks again for Stefan Fry for joining me also thanks to Bruce Arena for joining me last Friday great to play that interview and hear his thoughts on the state of US soccer as well as Pete Fewing Seattle University head coach in that opening segment talking to World Cup and Sounders great show here for you tonight if you missed any of it, check out the podcast on SportsRadioKJR.com. We have the Sounders page under Teams and More. We have the Sounders Weekly On Demand page. Check both of those out. SportsRadioKJR.com, the iHeartRadio app, iTunes as well. Alright, thanks to everybody who listened to the show. Congrats to Ken on the winner. I had the name somewhere here on our Hyatt contest there at Hyatt at All of Eight. So congrats to them. And that'll do it for the show tonight. Thanks to Nate Nelson for running the board. Thanks to all my guests. We'll talk to you at 6.30 on Saturday night. Sounders look to get back to their winning ways. Facing the Chicago Fire at CenturyLink Field. Tune in.